They can't keep a good man down. Always keep a smile when they want me to frown. Peep the vibes and I stood my ground. They will never ever take my crown. Who job bless? I say no man curse. Things getting better when they thought it would be worse. Here comes the officers asking for a search. They found no weapons, just only a jaw first. Cause I'm so solid as a rock, they just can't stop me now. People will say this and that, they just can't stop me now. Even when they set their traps, they just can't stop me now. Even when they set up roadblocks, they just can't stop me now. Bullet, 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 bullet. Happy New Year, Happy 2020, Happy New Moon in Capricorn. What's poppin', y'all? This is Nikki, and you are listening to the How to Be Magical podcast. We talk all things black, magical, historical, fun, all that shit. It's a good time. Um, How y'all doing? How y'all doing? It's been a while. It's been a long time. Uh, it's been about a month uh, since my last episode. i pretty sure that if you listen to the last two episodes, you probably be like, what the hell is going on? But everything's cool. On my end, at least, everything's cool. Just had to air air the place out a little bit. Let some dust settle. Get my mind right. Handle some business. And now I'm back on my bullshit. Not all the way on my bullshit. Partially on my bullshit. I'm dropping a little episode here and there. You know, I am on a break. For all of y'all that don't know, um, the website is on pause. I'm not selling nothing. I'm not really on social like that. Um, I got mad shit to do this year, uh, and I'm glad that I made the, the decision to step away from social before I was told that I need to like handle that. Like, I was just, I'm just happy that I, I was, um, being responsible for my time before somebody had to tell me about myself. And I, uh, yeah, I have like a bunch of things in development right now. All good things. Uh, just so y'all know, some of the cards that I pulled for myself this week were the Hermit and the Magician. So y'all already know, I'm cooking up some shit, but I'm real, real low-key about it right now. So I can't share everything. But I just wanted to pop in and do a quick um, episode. There's so much to cover, but I just wanted to do an episode. And this episode is called Reimaginations of Blackness, um, Afrofuturism, and Beyond. I want to really talk so much. There's so much to cover. But... <clears throat> I'm going to try and keep this as concise as I can. I have notes and everything. There will be show notes on the blog. Be sure to check them out after this. By the time this episode is up, there should be something on the blog. So go to blog.soulthingswithonica.com. Bookmark the blog. I will be updating there periodically. Again, I'm on a break. I'm on a hiatus from social media until spring, literally, like until like March 20 something, possibly April. I'm really on a nice extended break. Um, for my own personal wellness. So everybody that has my phone number in real life has been hitting me up and I really appreciate it. I love y'all and everyone else. I'm sorry, but I can't talk right now. I'm just I'm really low key. But this month, so much has already happened. It's only the 14th. Um, I want to say happy belated birthday to Zora Neale Hurston, born January 7th, 1891. That is my boo for real, for real. I love her. She is one of my idols. I adore Zora Neale Hurston and her work, and I hope that one day I can be at the feet of Zora Neale's uh, 
legacy because she has done so much for blackness um, and archiving black culture, black history, black spirituality. Um, and there's just so much about her uh, and her love of black blackness and black people that I put so much into my work in the same spirit that she would hopefully be proud of. Um, yeah, this month has already been wild. So Zora knows Hurston's birthday was January 7th, but as you already know, white folks lost their goddamn minds on January 6th, Three Kings Day. So that was very quite interesting to see, um, this whole thing play out. I was home. Uh, my dad was visiting from Boston. We had to take care of some things with my car and, he was here and he's cooking and we're why like we, we we were listening to the news when we were driving back to the house and then we got in the house and we watching the news and he was just like what the hell is this shit and we watched and it was just very it was unnerving some parts of it was quite unsettling i mean when they started tearing shit up and climbing on shit and it was just like it was just a, a, a lot and then now like the week later to see all of the um the fallout and all of the, you know, the FBI's findings and, and seeing this thing uncovered in real time has been quite horrifying. But if you look at the history of this country, I guess it's not that horrifying because there's certain things that were never fully put to rest here. So they're never going to stop. Um, and I'm saying they, in terms of people in support of the white supremacist power structure of America. I'm not saying they as white people in general. So, you know, you know, before anybody tries to come for me, like, don't. I specifically want to talk about how uh, history is going to constantly be in a cycle. But before I get into that, I just want to plug this clip. Hold on. Hold on one second. Roll the tape. If you don't know where you came from, you there's no way that you're going to know where you're going. History is going to repeat itself. I'm, I'm just saying. It sounds cliche, but it's the truth. Those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. You know what I mean? So while we may not be in shackles now, we are mentally enslaved because we are not having that knowledge of who we are as people. And that's bad. You know, that's 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 a really sad feeling. You know, we need to start educating ourselves about what it is to be black, what it is to be African-American, where our ancestors came from. We don't know what language we, we, we had when we came over here, what village we were stolen from, what country. You can't even say what country because with the colonialism of Africa, all those countries that we know by these names, that's not the name it was. You know, we had our own names. We, had, we were running things long before some Europeans came and decided they want to come and civilize us. We were civilized already. We had iron workers. We had priests, teachers. I mean, leaders. We had people that was taking control, but we don't know this. So how can we have pride in something we don't know? You know, everything that we see about Africa is negative. Oh, they're dying from AIDS. They're killing each other, civil war, this, and the third. But they're not saying the reason why these things are happening. Why the people are poor and disenfranchised? Why the people are fighting amongst themselves? Why do pe- why 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 people can't feed themselves? A land, a continent, Africa ain't even a country. It's a continent, a continent of that magnitude should not have people hungry, poor, homeless, disease, nothing. You know that we have more than enough there. That's enough to sustain life. But hmm, just so happens, Europe decided want to come and rape Africa for all that it had. The people, the resources, the culture, the language, all this was stolen from us and we have to reclaim it. Nobody's going to give it back to us. This is the whole thing. You can't expect to send your kids to school and think that they're going to get a proper education. No. School is socialization. 
they are socializing us. Hmm. In turn, in the words of Dead Press, the same people who run the prison system are the same people who run the school system. <laughs> I recorded that in June of 2008. So this that clip is 13 years old. It's going to be 13 years old uh, in June. So, I don't know. First of all, I sound like a baby. I look like a baby. But as y'all can tell, I've been about my shit for quite a while. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, shit, I might have to go put on that Dead Prez Let's Get Free album after I finish recording this just to, you know, jog, go down memories lane and shit. But, yo, straight up, like, there's so much about what we're seeing, um, what we've seen, what, you know, the steady violence that has been brewing, um, this, this Nazi sentiment that has been emerging, re-emerging, um, here for the past couple of years that never died. And if some of us don't know, Jim Crow birthed the Nazis. Jim Crow is the father of anti-Semitism. Jim Crow is the father of the Nuremberg Laws. Um, Jim Jim Crow is what inspired Hitler to go on the, the fucking rampage that he went on in Germany. So I think when we think about just, okay, we talk about time um, and we talk about this age of Aquarius and how it, and, and, and Saturn and Aquarius, Saturn being the ruler of time, Aquarius being the ruler of, of, of you know, I want to say digital communications, you know, that like uh, Aquarius is very mercurial um, in a lot of ways, and, but Aquarius is ruled by Saturn, uh, essentially. And we are in the age of Aquarius, so we are going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of things that keep bringing us back and forth. You know, we keep ping-ponging back and forth between the history and the present to, try to, to, to try to predict the future. And I think that that is something that we can all do collectively and individually. We can look in the past, dig in the archives, and figure out there's some gold back there. There's some fucked up shit back there too, but there's some gold back there. And I think it's very important. Like I said, if, you, if we're looking at what's happening, what, what just took place on the 6th, that's not, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of shit going on in the news right now. They're trying to be like, this is not who we are as America. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, America, but this is who you are. I'm sorry, baby. Um, nobody wants to, you know, know the truth. Everybody wants to be so fucking spiritually ascended. And then everybody wants to be so elevated. And everybody wants to, to go to this next level of consciousness. And it's bullshit if you don't address how we got here in the first place. And if you don't address the the conditions and the, the, the constant isms and the fuckery that contributes to things getting to that place and people falling into those traps of ignorance and falling into those traps of um, hopelessness and falling into those traps of violent, um, blind rage and hatred. Okay. And I, you know, I'm black. As you can hear from the clip, I've been black. I ain't just realized I was black like this in this freaking Trump administration or when when Obama became president. I've been black my whole life and I've been about this life for a while. And I think that there's a lot of us who've been like this, black and proud um, for a long time. And, you know, it, it can be this, 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 you know, in turn, how, how Paul Mooney would say for a lot of people, this is a nigga wake up call. Um, I think that 
it's not a competition or who's more woke or who's more conscious or who's more whatever. But I think it is about survival. And if you want to survive, you better wake the fuck up. Okay. And if you want to survive, you better go read some history and figure out how we got to the place where we are now. So that way you could better prepare yourself and arm yourself for the future. And how do we arm ourselves for the future? You know, what do we, what is, what does a reimagination of blackness look like in an age where there's so much open, um, hatred for anything that is not white? Well, I think first things first is you need to know where you stand with you. Um, and know where you stand in the society in terms of what you value that this society values and how that affects your life. A lot of us need to be real honest about what we buy into and what we contribute to and whether or not that's fucking with our mental health and our um, emotional stability, our emotional, well- our emotional wellness, our spiritual health, um, our physical health, right? We got to be mindful of mad things. And I think America as a country is a very individualistic country as a, as a culture. And that's, you know, as we've seen, countries that are highly individualistic, that don't have any type of regard for their fellow um, citizen or their neighbor or whatever, those turn into toxic, vile places to live. And I don't want to live in a place like that, right? But at the same time, I'm also not no scared bitch. I'm not about to run and flee the country. Like I told y'all on IG months ago, Tulum's not going to save you. So listen, if you want to run to another country, you better plan on staying there and you better make sure that you are fully prepared to give up whatever type of American citizenship you think is, you know, like, again, you can't have it both ways. You're going to have to pick a side and you're going to have to pick a place to be. And you're going to have to buckle down and bear down and, and figure out how to tough it out and weather the storm. Because there is no tree that's going to grow in the wind. OK, trees need roots and you need to be able to be on solid ground. And solid ground starts with knowing who you are as a person, knowing where you stand, knowing what your identity is that 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 gives you life, not an identity that props you up and props with your ego, but an identity that gives you power, real power. And I'm not talking about this white capitalist um, you know, corporate struck power structure. I'm not talking about this that shit. I'm talking about real power that comes from knowing who you are as a person, where you came from, the blood that runs through your veins, the ancestors that walk behind you, the spirits that walk alongside you, and the mission that God has placed you on in the path where you're walking towards constantly, regardless of what the fuck is going on out here. The more settled and certain you get about who you are as a person, trust me, let them, them people's going, they going to burn down a couple more buildings before all this shit is said and done. And I'm not saying that to, to rile nobody up, but if you've been listening to the podcast from the first season, and if you've been watching me on social for 2020, then you'll know I ain't, I'm having wavered yet. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you anything that I don't fully believe in my heart of hearts. In my heart of hearts, I believe that shit is going to get worse. But I do believe that if your house is strong, if you are strong, if you walking with God, you will be fine. And I'm not saying that in some turn of like some some kind of way of like, oh my God, God's gonna save the day. Nah, God help those that help themselves. And you gotta figure out how you're gonna help yourself right now and help your help your community. And listen, these people that wanna bun bun down things and 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 you know, calling for the hangings and lynchings and all this, this is not nothing new. This is America's pastime. America. Some people, when I watched them, them, them videos, I said, that looked like a lynch mob. It was literally like, oh, so this is what a lynch mob would look like if they if we had camera phones back in times when they, when they was lynching black folk, this is what it would have looked like. Same sentiment. Same. I, I, I said, wow. There's nothing. 
I didn't see nothing that was out of the ordinary for me that, you know, from history. But I think that a lot of the times, you know, sometimes as, as black folks, you know, it's easy for us to get comfortable here. Um, and I feel like integration played a big part in making people feel more comfortable. Um, you know, tolerance. I don't really believe in tolerance. I believe, you know, don't, don't shit on me, but at the same time, don't tolerate me neither. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm, I don't want to be no place where I'm not wanted. And I don't want to be no place where I got to, you know, I got to be the first or the only. I don't like that shit. You know, I, as I shared with y'all last month about my job and like what I do and all that stuff. I, I'm sometimes the only black woman there. I don't revel in that. Some people revel in that. I don't revel in that. I'm there on recognizance, straight up. I'm there to make money and observe and soak up as much as I can so that way I can take those same skills and things that I learned and turn around and do something with my community. I'm not there to try to assimilate into their shit. For what? I have no white woman aspirations. Sorry. You know, I'm not there for that. I'm there to represent myself. And I, you know, I'm there to represent where I come from and who I am. I'm I'm there to represent my city because I work in New York City. I'm from New York City. And a lot of times I work with people that's not even from here. And when people ask me where you're from, I'm like Brooklyn. They're like, no, not where you live. I know, no, no, I'm from Brooklyn. My great, great grandparents is from Brooklyn. Like, my family been in Brooklyn for 100 years. Walking with something like that, to me, that's my back pocket. I know that's also part of the reason why I'm not so quick to be like, I got to leave New York. The fuck am I going to go? Why? My, I have deep roots here. I got dozens of ancestors who I could call by name that's on this patch of little brown, um, Crown Heights, Brooklyn land that I'm living on right now. I just found my mom was looking for some paperwork about her grandmother. We found the paperwork and they was living down downtown Brooklyn on Bergen Street. A couple, not even, not even a whole mile away from here. I also found a letter from my from the girls' school that my great-great-grandmother was sent to when she had my great-grandfather. And the letter was addressed to her aunt, who lived, also lived right here on Bergen Street, but closer to where I'm at. They're like Rogers. Literally blocks away from where I'm at. So I have history in this neighborhood alone, in this borough, in this city, in this state. I have no plans on leaving New York. I'm from Brooklyn. Straight cheese. I went to, Har- I went to school in Harlem. One school uptown. Like, my whole life is here. And I'm okay with it. I know it's not for everybody, but I'm cool with it. Wherever you at, if there's history there, then it's something to be respected. And you need to figure out how to make it work. Because we we about to be on a lockdown, for real. You know? And whatever that means, whether that's a government lockdown, whether that's shit is not going to be safe to travel to certain places for a while, whether that means other countries are not fucking with us, whether, whatever that means, things is going to get a little tight. So... We've seen what it looks like when people are left to their own devices and aren't told what to do, right? And people just say, well, fuck it. I'm going to go where I'm going to go. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And we had a whole year. People had a whole year in 2020 to do everything that they wanted to do. And then here we are in 2021. And numbers are still going up. COVID is killing motherfuckers left and right. And... It's all kind of talk about this vaccine. It's mad things. So it's like, we have to make some decisions for ourselves. Again, before the government tells you what you can do, make some determinations for yourself about what you want to do with yourself. And I think that, like I said, I'm watching these people lose their mind at the Capitol. I'm like, you know, it's kind of fucked up. But at the end of the day, 
They really don't have nothing to do with me. That's how they feel. That's what they want to do. That's, you know, that's, that's a sentiment that's never going away. That's American life, you know? And I think that as a black person in America, you know, we have this double consciousness that Ralph Ellison had talked about in The Invisible Man, where it's like we live as two different people. You got to be two different people to be black in America. You got to be the person that's susceptible in mainstream American society, and then you got to be yourself. And those sometimes those two people are not the same person. And sometimes, you know, the lines get blurred, and sometimes, you know, sometimes those worlds collide, and sometimes they're worlds apart. But you have to know, really, that it's okay to sometimes we'll have to walk into in multiple paths. You have to be changeable, you have to be malleable in order to survive, you have to adapt. And I think that right now, when you see them people storming the Capitol, those are the people that refuse to adapt. Those are the people that want to hold on to some antiquated ideals that don't make no sense to not even them. They make no sense to nobody. So when I recorded that that clip that I shared with you guys, it was 2008. That was the same year that Obama got elected. And then right after that, that's when we had a huge spike in police shootings. And if we think about it, same way, why we had why did we have a spike of lyn- of lynchings, right? We had a spike of lynchings when black people was on the rise during Reconstruction after the Civil War. After the Civil War, black people in America made more progress for themselves in such a short amount of time that lynchings became a thing. That's how Ida B. Wells rose to her fame because she was an anti-lynching advocate. She was like, that was her, she was like, nah, this is some bullshit because everybody knows who was getting lynched and why they was getting lynched and what the tactic of lynching was. Lynching was about control. It was about social control. It was about letting people know that don't get too high on yourself because at any point we can all mob up and decide that we're going to take you down. That's some wild shit. And you think about the things that people were able to accomplish under those types of circumstances and 100, 150 years later, we still looking at same the similar shit. If we think, if we think, <laughs> now there's a couple things I'm going to touch on here because like I said, Jim Crow birthed the Nazis, right? Even the Nazis thought that Jim Crow was too strict, right? Now, you know how to think about what, this, what I just said. The Nazis thought that Jim Crow was a little too strict. They thought that the one-drop rule was very strict. And that's why I told you I don't fuck with the one-drop rule. I don't believe in the one-drop rule. That's an American thing, though. That's an American thing. that I don't, I don't have to all the way agree with it. Because I don't. I don't have to all the way agree with it. Like, so, like I said, in 2008, Obama was elected. He's considered our first African-American president. Obama is biracial. His mother is white. His father is Kenyan. He is literally African-American. Not in the traditional African-American sense, right? He is from of an African immigrant father and a white mother. And he was raised in Hawaii. He does not have... Let's not, let's not slice this up too many fucking ways. He does not have the typical black American experience. Let's be real here. Let's be real here, people. Let's keep it fucking funky. If we're talking about black Americans, okay, who have a history of of coming from enslaved folks, that is not who Barack Obama was. I'm not saying that he needed to be, but I'm just saying, let's just be clear about that's not who he was, okay? And he was very acceptable. He was very respectable. He was, you know, he looked good, wore a suit, very charming, very eloquent, very educated, very intelligent man, beautiful black wife, beautiful black children, right? But he's considered our first African-American president, right? 
Now, under Obama's administration, the police shootings was out of control. Out of control. Obama's vice president was Biden. Now, at the time, everybody was always like, oh my God, Joe Biden, he's so tough on this. He's a pit bull. He's this and a third. He's, you know, he's spicy. Ah, ah, ah. But now, years later, to see this Joe Biden that we have elected as our president, which I don't have no problem with Joe Biden, honestly. I don't have no problem with none of these people. I'm just talking because this is what's going on. Um, He doesn't seem as robust as he was when Obama was president. I don't know. Something about him just don't seem as... That power is not there. And if we're looking at what we just came away from with this Trump administration and the shit that he just riled up, trust me, you know, they're not going to stop. Now, Joe Biden is coming in with Kamala Harris, who would be considered our first African-American or our first, they would say our first black, um, our first woman vice president and our first black woman vice president right now i just had a conversation with my father about this my father's jamaican kamala harris's parents are jamaican her mother is 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 an indian woman her father is a jamaican man now i don't consider kamala harris to be black i know that's a very strong statement i'm gonna keep it funky i don't consider her to be black i don't i don't have to neither as a black woman who's black on both sides black like black black like dark-skinned black like and never, nobody's never going to squint and mistake me for nothing else black. Sorry. Unambiguously black. Sorry. I don't have to take Kamala Harris as a black woman. I can take her as a woman. I can take her as a woman of color. I don't have to say she's black. Right? But this is America and there's a one drop rule. So other people will consider her to be black. Right? She's not white. They're going to say she's black. Fine. Thing is, if we thought we had police shootings under Obama, what do you think we're going to have under Biden and Harris? More the same. And see how the people them turn up in the Capitol on the 6th. All right. You see how they try to kidnap the, 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 the governor of Michigan in the fall. You see how them storm their own Capitol building in Minnesota with guns. You see how they had a standoff in Oregon with the police them last year. You see all them things that was riling up. <laughs> all of these things. You think they're going to stop? They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. So I think that, you know, all these conversations that have been brought up in the past couple, over the last couple of years, especially with Black Lives Matter and, you know, the ACLU and all these different um, organizations that are, like, bringing attention to, like, the injustice in our, in our justice system and our criminal justice system and our prison system, um, the inadequacies in our education system, the inadequacies in our healthcare systems, like, the inadequacies of just, like, life in America if you're not... Um, white Anglo-Saxon. Um, yeah, there's a problem. And I think that there's a lot of things that we're going to have to be honest with ourselves about. And there's a lot of things that we're going to have to do in order to fully um, take advantage of this tumultuous time and take advantage of this, you know, this energy that is present that's not going anywhere. It's because Ache is neutral, right? Ache is neutral. Ashe is just a life force of anything that that exists around us. So that same Ashe that those people ex- exhibited at the Capitol when they stormed the building and, and tried to, you know, uh, assassinate uh, Congress Congress members, that's the same Ashe that was present when there was a lynching happening. That's the same sentiment that was present. That's the same. Those are the same people. They've returned. They never went nowhere, right? So 
again, like I said, this is white folks' problem. White people gonna have to deal with their own relatives. They gotta deal with their mother, their father, their uncle, their cousin. Yeah, it's not enough to block them on Facebook. It's not enough to cuss them out at, the, at Christmas dinner. Like you're gonna have to give some shit up. You're gonna have to confront these people. You're gonna have to call the call the call the FBI on them. You're gonna have to turn them in. You're gonna have, you know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna have to be more than that. Cause I think sometimes as black people, we are constantly looking for allies in our struggle. And I think that I don't want to trauma bond with nobody. You know, I don't want to struggle. I don't want to bond and struggle with people. I want to bond in liberation. I want to bond in freedom. I want to bond in in progression. I don't want to be bonded with people because oh, we all getting fucked up in the game. So we nah, that's not. That's not a way that people can really make real progress at the end because at the end of the day, once people feel like they're not struggling no more, they don't want to identify with that shit no more. Right? But people always want to identify with something that they feel is, you know, aspirational, which is how this Trump shit got out of control in the first place. Because none of these people want to admit that they are white trash. I don't give a fuck how much money they got. That mentality is white trash. Sorry. Like, they don't want to admit that they racist. They don't want to admit that they white supremacist. They don't want to admit none of that shit. You know, but that's what's bonding them because they, you know, there's all of these labels of conservative and, and Republican and all that shit. That shit is not what's bonding these people. It's hatred and racism is bonding these people. So on the flip side, what bonds the people that they're fighting against is only going to be that bond is only going to be as strong as the opposition, you know, and you need two people to keep a fight going, to keep to keep it funky. Because like I said, I'm not really into, um... You know this. Well, I I can't be here in America. I gotta leave. Well, you know what? Some of us ain't got the ain't got that privilege. You know, a lot of us ain't got that privilege no more, babes. Sorry. And running is never gonna solve nothing. You know, um, especially not when there's mad money on the table. Especially when there's not so much to to, to be reclaimed here. Especially not when when we have created so much culture here and I mean made our mark. An indelible mark in this country. The fuck are we going? And why? There's no reason for us to run. There's no reason for us to feel like we have to live in fear either. You know, there's so much to be proud of. So like I said, we get back to our roots. We get back to our history. We get back to taking care of ourselves in ways that are new and 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 and, and healthy for us. And we 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 figure out ways to detach from some of this shit. Sometimes we figure out ways to take care of our mental health. Get back in therapy. Get our health on point. Grow a vegetable, take care of some plants, have kids if you want to have them, get a fucking dog if you want to get a dog. You know what I mean? Like, figure out ways to live your life in your home. I'm not saying run out in the street and be in a mix with a whole bunch of people and, you know, traveling this place, that place. I'm not saying none of that. All I'm saying is that there's a lot to be done in your own backyard, on your own block, with your own people, with yourself, with your family, with your neighbors, with your lovers. You know, like, there's mad things to be done and there's so much love here still. So I'm not going to let these people's ugliness and their hatred, you know, shift my trajectory at all. This shit ain't got, like I said, that shit ain't got nothing to do with me at all. Like nothing. And if you think about it, you know, we're talking about our spiritual practices. When we're talking about why I even have something called how to be magical is because the magic is already in you. You know, you just have to figure out the ways to activate it and you have to figure out ways to, to express it and figure out ways to, to, to push yourself forward especially in times like now. It's not, it's, you know, your magic is not to be used frivolously, you know? Your magic is not to be used, you know, as a party trick. Your magic is to be used in times of need to defend yourself, to protect yourself, to secure things for yourself and your family and your loved ones. You know, when there's, it seems like 
everything is stacked against you. Nah, not everything, you know. And that's one thing that, you know, black people in this country, I'm talking about the black, I'm talking about black, undeniably black, you know, that you could look at somebody and you could tell they black. That, that is something that's, that, that, that puts fear in a lot of these fucking bigots' hearts. Because it's like, damn, for all of the shit that we've done to these people, they still here. How? Eh, it's not for you to fucking know. Mind your business. <laughs> we still here. Okay? We still here. And I think that there is something, something so beautiful about just standing proud in yourself. I mean, in celebrating your hair and your features and your body and your food and your culture and your music and your language and your spiritual faiths and religions and... I mean, I mean, truly celebrating. I mean, truly f- falling in love with those things and, and understanding that the mainstream, whatever you want to take from the mainstream, you could cherry pick what you feel like being bothered with. You ain't got to take all that shit on. That's literally a whole separate culture. That ain't got nothing to do with you sometimes if you don't want it to, you know? And people that don't have that dichotomy of being able to live in both worlds, being able to code switch, you know, being able to speak multiple languages... As black people in the diaspora, I think, you know, one thing I'm I'm challenging myself to do this year is to push myself to speak more Spanish, you know, and to learn more of my liturgical languages, um, Kikongo and Yoruba. I want to learn. I have to, you know, like I have to. I've been listening to more songs in Brazilian, um, Portuguese. I've been listening to more songs in Spanish. I've been listening to more traditional Jamaican um, Kumina music. I've been listening to more Palo songs. Just trying to just get my ear and my spirit and, 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 and liven up my, my dead folks and let them know, like, listen, I might not understand everything, but I know you, this might've been your jam. I'm going to put it on for you, you know, cause we, that's power. There's so much power in just knowing simple things. There's so much power in making food. There's so much power in, in, in dressing for your body type and not sitting there trying to figure out how to diet and, 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 and nip and tuck and cut and do all these things to fit into some fucking ideal that's not even real like i'm sorry and i know there's a lot of things i'm saying right now that some people might not agree with and and you ain't gotta fucking agree with me that's cool (laughs) that's cool but there's a lot of shit that i've realized that i see that we have taken on in our psyche and it's not it's not anybody's fault but it's just a condition and it's just the way that america is structured it's just the way that whiteness is structured it's just the way that um, imperialism is structured where it has to do all of those things to devolve you down to something that is not, that feels unvaluable and feels unloved outside of the validation of a mainstream society. And we don't need that, you know? So I think that I'm really looking forward to all of these new ways that we can like connect with each other. Um, I'm on Clubhouse. I haven't used it yet, but my handle on there is Soul Things BK, um, so you can follow me there. I'm gonna start doing more talks on there. But I haven't. I just listen every now and then, and I'm just in research mode and in hermit mode right now. So I haven't been putting out too many things. But I think that it's just interesting to just see, you know, a, a renaissance of. To me, Clubhouse reminds me of the '90s chat rooms. Shout out to everybody that used to be on the Brooklyn Raven back in the 90s, yo. That used to, that used to be so lit, son. Oof. My grandmother, I rented the phone bill one time, and AT&T called my grandmother was like, yeah, your bill's mad high. And I, my grandmother was like, what the hell is all of this? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> but, yeah, it reminds me of that, and I like that. It's, you know, it's it's live conversations. It's not recorded. Um, some people are already upset saying that, oh, there's inflammatory things being shared. And I, 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 but it's like, that's information. Information is neutral, just like Ache is neutral. So 
The same way that people can use any platform to spread lies and misinformation and hate is the same way that we can spread, you know, knowledge and um, inspiration and love. So I, I try not to think too much about what the platform is unless it's, um, never mind. I try not to think so much about what the platform is and try to think more about how to use that platform. And this, and that's just with, that's just analogous with anything that happens that America offers you, you know? And I think that that's going to be a way that I close this out, um, is to just think about what it is that you can extract whatever good you can extract from a situation because we come from people who no matter what was happening, they had to extract good. They had to find the silver lining. They had to find the, the crack in the in the armor. They had to find the, you know, the little wedge to, so they can get from point A to point B. And that created a lot of the culture that we get to enjoy and celebrate today. And we don't get to you know, face opposition now and decide we want to turn tail and be like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with this or this is too much or nah, we don't get to do that. You know, I think we, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to, to our ancestors to, to stand tall and to be who we're supposed to be in this lifetime. Um, so that way the people that come behind us can build on that as well. The same way how we are able to stand on the shoulders of the ones who came before us. Right. Um, let's see. Yeah, happy happy birthday, Martin Luther King. Uh, he's born January fifteenth, nineteen twenty nine. <sighs> I have mixed feelings about Dr. King, but you know, it is what it is. Happy birthday, Dr. King, and also happy birthday to Dr. Daniel Dale Daniel Hale Williams, born January nineteenth, eighteen fifty six. He performed the first open heart surgery, and he started the first interracial training hospital for doctors and nurses in Chicago. Um, also happy birthday, Jackie Robinson. Oh, no, no, no. It's not Jackie Robinson's birthday. He was elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1962. But no, yeah, 1962, January 24th, 1962. And trying to think what else. Um, I'm going to share some things on the blog of what I've been listening to, what I've been watching and what I've been reading. Uh, I have a playlist that I constructed last month when I was on, when I was on one and I was on fire. I had a, I had a fire ass, um, dancehall and hip hop playlist that I was um, listening to while I was conjuring up some heat to send back to some people who was trying it. And, uh, yeah, that was interesting. So that's the protect your neck playlist on Spotify. I'm going to put a link to that. Um, what else have I been reading? Oh, I've been reading a really good book. If you want to learn more about, um, Arisha Cosmology from the perspective of a Lukumi practitioner. Um, some of the Pataki that we love and cherish and the origins of certain Odu. Um, so the name of the book is called Dilogun Tales of the Natural World by Ochani Lele. And I will um, be linking that. Um, Ibaye to Ochani Lele. They passed a few years ago, but they are an incredible source of information on Pataki and Odu's and different stories about the Orisha. Um, and also another book that I'm going to be starting soon is called Shout Because You're Free. It's about the Macintosh ring shout singers from um, Macintosh County. And it has the different songs, 25 songs sung by the Macintosh County singers. And um, if you don't know, me and Treasure uh, of Becoming a Botanica and Wombs of Wealth, we performed a ring shout at the Brooklyn Brujeria Festival back in the fall. Um, which 
some of those songs like are really relating like right now like sign of the judgment like yeah like this is the time this is what we living in right like we living in the times it's like hmm. people got answered for whatever they did you know so we do our ancestor work and guess what everybody else got to do their ancestor work too so some of these people gonna have to come to terms with the fact that somebody ancestors is just racist slave owner capitalist fucks sorry so that's why we got what we got right now so people got to deal with that um, and also what else I've been watching? Oh, I, I just started watching the new season of American Gods after getting caught up with season two because I stopped watching season two because it was getting really annoyed after a while. But I binge watched the rest of season two and I was so happy. But then I was sad because one of my favorite characters died. So I wasn't I'm just kind of sad about that. And I really like them. I really like American Gods, even if the protagonist is on my fucking nerves. Like, God, he's so annoying. But I love the, the the world building and I love the cinematography and the, and the costuming and like I just love you know how they tackled the conversation about race and everything. Um, I'm sad that Orlando Jones won't be um, on season three. I'm also sad that you know some of the other characters won't be coming back for season three, but you know we'll see. The opening um, the season premiere for season three was pretty good, but we'll see. And also, I just finished watching Sabrina, the, was it, was it part three or part four of Sabrina? Whatever it was, Sabrina also got him out the goddamn nerves, so whatever. I just have to finish it. I just binged it and watched it, and I was like, oh, God, this is cheesy. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really watching anything else for right now. Just reading and writing and shit. But, yeah, that's been this episode of the How to Be Magical podcast, Reimaginations of Blackness, Afrofuturism, and Beyond. And, you know, I just want to let know what you guys think. Um, just send me an email, soulthingsbotanica at gmail.com. You can also um, follow me on Instagram, even though I'm not posting anything frequently, at, at least. I'm not going to be posting anything for a while, but I'm on Instagram at soulthingsbk. You can also find me on Facebook at soulthingsbotanica. Again, I'm on hiatus from mostly everything right now. But I am semi-active on Twitter. So you can follow me on Twitter at xdecadent. Um... Mm, yeah, I, I'm tweeting a little bit here and there, but I just mostly just been reading um, the newspaper and fucking blogs and shit and just minding my business. But I am really excited about this year. Like I said, even though there's a bunch of craziness happening, I think that it's important that we um, remind ourselves of our power and remind ourselves of, you know, the fact that we come from people who came from through worse things and, and, and seemingly harsher odds and prevailed. So this is not the time, like I, like I said, we have access to all these modalities and all these healing tools and all these spiritual systems and things like that. This is the time we have to activate our shit for, for real. Like, this is not a drill. <laughs> this is not a drill. Like, so whatever it is that you're doing spiritually, religiously, you know, just ramp it up. If, you, if you're doing five things, do ten. You know what I mean? Like, just figure out how you can really exact yourself. And I think that this, you know, this new moon in Capricorn really did that for me. Um, was it like another new year? You know, I was able to, re, you know, re-reset. And it was just, it was needed. It was definitely needed. So I'm really looking forward to um, seeing how the rest of this month plays out. Um, I'm looking forward to the rest of my, my extended time away from social and, you know, from everything for a while until the spring. And I'm really excited. I'm just really excited to take some time to hibernate and, you know, see who I, who and how I emerge come springtime. I'm I'm pretty sure we'll both be surprised. So with that being said, my name is Nikki Buchanan. I'm the owner of Soul Things Botanica. You just listen to the 
um, first episode of 2021 of the How to Be Magical podcast. And as always, stay safe out there. Protect your neck. Um, check out the blog, blog, com for show notes, resources, links, and all them things that we discussed in this episode. And as always, I love y'all. Stay safe and stay black and beautiful. Peace.